So tonight I met with my study group of guys that I've been um, studying with for um, block one and block two, and I did snap a little bit on one of them. And did shout you? out to yeah, shout out to Adam. I apologize. I can sometimes be a little bit blunt. Um, it's nothing personal. I love you, and uh, it's really it's more just a character flaw than anything. <laughs> I mean, you were getting on my nerves, but like, it's not. It's more so me than you. You know. I need so much more. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a little bit more. So, like, generally what we were doing was going over some quizzes, and uh, they're timed. Not that that's a big issue, but uh, we do have a lot to do in a short amount of time. And so sometimes Adam tends to linger on, like, one or more problems for longer than I would like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's a good thing because like you can miss things that Adam will actually pick up on. And, and sometimes that's really good because I'll be like, Oh, I didn't think about that. But sometimes I'm in a mood like tonight where I'm just like, I'm over it. Let's just get this thing done. And that was tonight. And then at one point Adam had interrupted me like multiple times. <laughs> you when don't I was trying to alpha. No, when I was like trying to explain one of the answers. So uh, I literally just restarted my sentence probably three times. And then eventually I just said the sentence regardless of whether or not Adam was talking. And he still didn't hear me when I was explaining the answer. And then five minutes later, he was like, oh, guys, by the way, number two is B. And then he went on to start explaining why. And I was like, Adam, if you wouldn't have cut me off, you already you would have already had the answer to that because I already explained it. Mm. And then he uh, he he was a little bit upset about that, but no, <laughs> you, you called it a character flaw. It's out of character for you to acknowledge it and apologize. So that's amazing. It's growth, Mason. Shout outs to growth. Tell me why the best things feel so wrong. Uh, welcome to Unprepared Episode 10. Um, we're actually, actually, you know what? I forgot to check, Mason, but we were really close to a thousand listens. I know. When you sent that picture, I was kind of jazzed. Yeah. Um, I was jazzed until I remembered that I don't care. <laughs> Krista's cousin, was. she was, I saw her at the beach. She was telling me that she was a listener. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. It, it's weird oh, when, dope. yeah, it's cool, but whenever I don't expect somebody to listen and they tell me that they do, I'm taken back. And we got to talking about like advertisements. She was like, "Are you paid yet?" I was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I was like, no. "We don't even have a thousand plays, but we're close." No, if an ever if if an ad company even came up to me right now, I'd be like, "You sure? You, like, you're probably making a mistake." Have you seen our stats? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but we're getting close to a thousand. Um, like I said, I don't mean to come off across as, you know, um, I don't know what that sounds like, but I don't really care. It's just, uh, you know, if somebody cares and, and is a listener, then there you go. 
It's more cool than anything. It's just like, hey, that's kind of tight. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's also just the principle of keeping your expectations low. Mm-hmm. You know, we went into this with that attitude. And we, I th- you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we both kind of do that in other aspects. Mm-hmm. In golf, for example. Mm-hmm. I could go Keep the expectations days. low and, mm-hmm. you know, it'll make for a better time in general. Yeah, for sure. What was that? What was that? I thought I was about to, about to sneeze. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> was that a symptom of the COVID-19? I am negative, thank you. I thought That I, was actually pretty funny when you sent that picture. <laughs> I thought that I was going to make it through the bulk of this pandemic and never get tested. I yeah. I'm convinced I'm bulletproof. I've made that That's exactly by the way for that's what he sent us in a group message he sent a picture of him holding up his negative covid test and it's and he said bulletproof as the caption Mm -hmm. Uh, little little cocky hope you don't get cancer (laughs) 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 no i i had made that statement multiple times about how i'm i'm covid proof and i don't think i'll get it and after the recent trip a couple of the guys were texting, yeah, I'm positive, yeah, I'm positive. I was like, dang, I'm going to have to go get tested. I already know I'm negative because I, I won't get it. But I just had to do it for formality. Do you think that uh, patient zero in y'all's group was Trey? 100%. Has to be, right? After w- the way he behaved on that trip, I'm not <laughs> going to say he deserved it, but I'm not surprised <laughs> he got it. <laughs> I was just picturing the first time I heard about it um, because you and I guess you can give more context because I Mm -hmm. wasn't there, but just I'll give you my perspective was like I heard that Trey had had gotten COVID and then everybody who went on that bachelor trip was with the exception of you and I don't know who else basically all got COVID. And I was thinking like, yeah, if Trey gets it, everybody gets it because he's just such a like social butterfly yeah yeah snow had it and drummond had it drummond gave it to his mom it was an ordeal (laughs) dang but i don't know why i laughed at that i'm sorry trey definitely deserved it not because of any like activity he was participating in or any location he was going to it was all based out of his behavior like he poured more drinks on people and i think he poured a gallon of water on me at some point it was like, well... Yeah, you were FaceTiming me when that happened. No, that was just a normal drink that he poured on me to be funny. Oh, he poured a li- he poured liquid on you twice? Three times. <laughs> What's his deal with pouring liquid on I don't know. <laughs> on 17, I think I sent you the video of Patrick's first tee shot on one of the most photographed holes in golf. Oh, and he, and he, and he splashed and he, water yeah, on and him? Yeah, he throws too. water on Patrick. Which was hilarious, by the way. Yeah, he was constantly trying to get people wet for some reason. If he the can make I, one person laugh, he's going to go to great lengths to do it. Oh, yeah. He's going to double down, triple down, quadruple down on that laugh. And I love that qual- quality about him, but I was on the receiving end of it multiple times. It's more funny when you're just watching instead of being on the receiving end, mm-hmm. for sure. And the thing that I said to you when, uh, when we were FaceTiming was... Can you believe that that man has two children? (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I cannot. I can't it's, wait it's, till it's hard like, to make the case to to a stranger that he does. I cannot wait till they're like middle school or high school age to see what he does in front of those kids to make their friends laugh. I mean, he'll he'll be he'll be like playing video games with his with Jude. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And and his friends and probably like whooping their tails too. Yeah, he's sneak good at video games. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So TPC Jack's Beach, good time, dude. Trip of a lifetime. It was awesome. Um, where does TPC? Sawgrass rank in your golf courses, man. I feel like what I'm gonna say is gonna ruffle some feathers. Good, let's hear it. Um, but it. Am I glad I played it? Of course. However, I know where this is going. There's just it was so hard. It was such a hard course. If I would have paid $500 to play it, I would have been really unhappy. Strictly from difficulty? Difficulty and performance. I mean, if you pay $500 to play golf, you would want to play it well. And I didn't. Where did y'all play it from? Uh, The one-ups, or the blues. Okay. So men's tees. I think Trey and Pat played, and Cody... Played eight or nine holes from the tips and then the rest from the blues. What was Cody doing on the tips? Trying to keep up, I guess. Who's he think he is? I'm just kidding. I love you, Cody. <laughs> I wish I'd have gotten to watch them play a little bit more out there, but hmm. uh, I can't imagine what it looked like. Uh, the infamous, infamous number 17. Mm-hmm. What was your club and what was the yardage? The yardage was 135, and I hit a 9-iron. I guess we should give a little bit of context as to it for the non-golfers. Like, TPC Sawgrass is a uh, just really well-known PGA course um, that every golfer wants to go play at. And 17 is, like, the most famous hole because it has this island. They call it an island green because it's surrounded by water. Mm. And yeah. because of the pressure during like tournament play a lot of these professionals even though it's a short shot will actually just hit it in the water you know mm-hmm. so I'm, i was always i've always been curious like how hard that shot actually yeah. is and how big the green looks from the tee box dude it looks massive really yeah. like you you didn't feel nervous about getting it in the water it's no i was definitely nervous because there's a lot of water there's far more water than there is grass obviously <laughs> but the green is it's massive. Like and the fact that you're hitting nine iron or wedge, you have to tell yourself there's no way you should miss this. Because yeah. it's such a short club and a massive green. But the mental aspect is what takes over. Just did, uh, for context. And did you hit the green? I did. First try. Two two putt for par? I did not two putt for par. I three putted for par, for a bogey. That's tough. There were some extenuating circumstances yeah. that continue, contributed to that. Say less. Um, well, it's more than you think. So we played up until that point as a foursome. 
Well, we got to 17 and waited on Trey, Cody, Pat, and Snow to catch up to us. And so when we were on the tee box, well, I had already hit, but that was where Trey threw water on Patrick, and mm-hmm. he called out Drummond's name in the middle of Drummond's backswing. Drummond toe-shanked it into the water and then proceeded to hit, like, three or four more into the water. You can ask Drummond. He was not happy with Trey because he was messing with everybody, trying to hit the only shot we showed up for, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can see this playing out. So Drummond, Drummond and knowing Trey. Drummond was livid. And Barrett was so impatient because he was like, why are we waiting on why are we waiting on these guys? Well, let's go. Just trying to rush the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Colt wasn't saying much. Colt, me and Colt had a good time riding together. So it was just like you had Barrett that was impatient and Drummond was livid, just trying to get off of 17 onto 18. Yeah. I didn't line up any of my putts. I just I may have lined up the first one and it was a pretty lengthy putt. Mm-hmm. And I think I left myself like a two footer and I walked up and just tapped it because I wasn't at that point. I was no longer keeping score. The putt didn't matter. Making par really didn't. It would have been nice to say, yeah, I made par on 17, but it was like a two footer and it was just like, well, let's go to 18, whatever. Yeah. Colt actually came up to me the other day. I was working out in uh, the Auburn rec center. I see Colt a lot, by the way, in, uh, in the Auburn rec. But anyways, he said That's the uh, best looking man in Auburn. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he came up to our squat rack and I was like, uh, you're at the wrong place. There's not enough weights here. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, it was cool. Uh, that weekend actually went to Asheville with Rosalie and that was a really good time actually. Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought I told you this. No, I had no idea you went to Asheville. Uh, yeah, we went to Asheville. Um, we'd been wanting to go. As a matter of fact, we had the trip planned when we lived in Savannah. Um, and then like COVID hit and all the restaurants were closed. Um, so we basically replanned it and Mm -hmm. drove up there. It's like four hours roughly from here. Uh, like there's a lot of, you know, really cool restaurants and breweries to go to, but the main thing was like, me and Rosa have been watching Yellowstone. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that show, but heard of it. It's uh it's amazing just if you're like into I guess outdoor scenery and like it's set in Montana, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of horseback riding or there's a lot of horses in the show. Mm-hmm. And so it made us want to go horseback riding. But Rosa told me she'd never been, so what better place than Asheville to go? So I we went couldn't name one. Yeah, I mean Maybe Montana, but <laughs> <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, I can name a few. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, yeah, it was it was awesome. She was like a little child when she got on the horse. I mean, it it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, like both in her the way she was acting and the way she looked, how small Rosa is compared to the size right. of a fully grown horse, like. <laughs> It was really funny, actually. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did y'all just horseback ride in one day? Yeah, we just went. It was only like an hour. Um, but, like, there were, I mean, it was just beautiful property. Like, the, you know, the, um, what do you call them? Gosh, my mind went blank. What are the mountain? the Appalachian Mountains? Mm-hmm. You know, how they're like. That's the one. Because you've, 
you've seen yeah you've seen like the mountains out west and like utah yeah. and that is completely different than Appalachian. Like not Appalachians the same kind like, of mountains no 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 these are like rolling hills which are still beautiful in their own right yeah. um but they're different but anyways that's kind of like the scenery that we were looking at that's sick yeah what else y'all do so, um well did we did y'all go to any of the same places that Chris and I went um I don't know where y'all went oh I don't guess we've ever like did you go to our actual um, trip but like I mean we didn't really do anything like major we kind of like walked around downtown went to a few restaurants there's a place called um uh what's the taco place everybody white duck taco I think Mm -hmm. um it's like really famous or whatever we went there we went to a bunch of breweries just to check them out Mm -hmm. um and like Asheville has just an insane number of yeah they've got so many it's insane um well while we were there that was one thing that I thought about was like gosh if I ever drank beer Asheville would be a place to come yeah because I didn't I didn't get to even remotely enjoy that aspect like we would just walk by and it's like oh there's another one what did what did y'all do when y'all were in Asheville uh we played golf at that Donald Ross course Grove Park um I mean we ate good food there's a lot of good restaurants we went hiking yeah we we went on a little bit a little bit of a hiking thing we drove the Blue Ridge Parkway Mm mm-hmm um, of course, it yeah, was, we did that too. It wasn't as great as what it could have been because the leaves weren't changing, so it was just a lot of green foliage, but still a great drive. Speaking of the hiking thing, there was like this one little waterfall that we hiked to. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we went to the waterfall, but there was another hiking trail we went up to. It was like just this viewing point, mm-hmm. but uh, there was a bunch of places where you could they looked like really good places to climb like rocks oh that came back and out. i was constant it came out like rosa kept having to stop me because there was like people trying to get by and she was embarrassed <laughs> at the fact that i was like not in climbing gear at all i was yes. just in my regular clothes trying to climb these rocks yes. <laughs> like a little kid oh man you were probably I texted avery that you were probably wearing boots too weren't you I was wearing boots yeah. and like jeans and like a flannel shirt. Like I, was, <laughs> I probably looked so stupid. Which I mean, they don't climb in jeans, but the flannel shirt didn't put you too far off from what I imagine the no, climbing community really. in the fall. Nah, nah, not really. I mean, I would want to probably live in a place like that if it weren't for the number of like weird people that lived in Asheville. Dude, Asheville's weird. Yeah, so weird. Did I? I think I sent y'all the video of the guy. He was standing in front of the statue that had been boarded up for probably its Confederate ties, but he was just screaming and hollering about COVID-19 being a hoax. And then this dude across the street was screaming screamo music while playing a rock band guitar. Was this downtown? <laughs> this in like was that square? downtown. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you're talking about. Yep. It, That's where all the weirdos congregate. I was just like, Krista, dude. Chris, oh man. Asheville's <laughs> You call weird. Krista, dude? I did. I was like, dude, Asheville's weird. It made sense, though. Yeah. Sometimes I do. And they, it's kind of, I feel like they were stealing it from Austin because, wait, is it Austin that has that slogan, like, keep Austin weird? Like oh. Austin, Texas? 
I don't know. Well, I'm not sure who came up with that first, but they they carried that they carried on that persona mm-hmm. keep of because uh, I saw I was about to say, I, I saw a mural that said it. Yeah, keep uh, keep Asheville weird, and it's kind of like they take pride in being like more liberal left leaning in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just kind of like they like being the the redheaded stepchild, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> the, we we bought a poem from this I guess he's a street performer I guess you could call him that a street poet but I saw I saw a street poet was he a young guy kind of like sh- short like buzzed hair and he had like this he had this sign saying like poems are like it was some I don't know it was some kind of saying or whatever on a piece of cardboard yeah oh, the description of the man was not the same this guy had a man bun and absolutely flawless teeth. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> that's flawless a strange teeth. thing. To However, remember. his clothing—if w- you made an assumption about him—it would be that he would not have gone through a life where he could have flawless teeth, because hmm. he was very—he was wearing like very torn-up clothing that appeared rather dirty. Well, they could have been dentures. Yeah, could have been. Very well could have been. And he had his bike in, like, a suitcase covered up by a tarp. So it's just like you, you make a lot of assumptions based on what you're looking at. Yeah. But his teeth were flawless, perfectly white and straight. But regardless, we've got this poem, and the way he does it is he writes the poem, reads it to you, and then you pay him what you think the poem is worth. Very interesting business model. Um Yeah. But we were like, screw it, let's do it. So we got him to write this poem, and he asked you a bunch of questions about you as a couple and each of you as an individual, and he writes a poem based off of it. It's really cool, and the poem that he wrote, you'll see it at our wedding. It's it's kind of cool, but just... Wait, you're going to bring it out at the wedding? It's going to be... It's, it will be set up at the wedding. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, because part of it talks about, like, the wedding day. And it's yeah. really cool because of the, some of the stuff that we're going to have at the wedding, like uh, like antique-looking stuff or, like, metals, like mm-hmm. brass or whatever, iron. And he talks about that in the poem. And then he just, like, makes weird comments like, uh, like a cat licking somebody's nipples. And I'm like, what? Where does what? that come from? Wait, is that going to be on the That's It's <laughs> on in the there. poem. It's in the poem. <laughs> you should take a picture of this poem, like set it. I don't know how you're gonna set it up at your wedding. It's gonna be or framed, I think, next to the guest you, book or something. Okay, you need to take a picture of that, and like whenever you visit Asheville again, see if that guy is still there. Uh, and like if you if you gave that to him, he would that would make his life. I think his, I think he put like a Instagram handle or a Twitter handle on the bottom of the poem, so we can find him. Oh, okay. I guess I don't know why I disregarded the reality of him having an Instagram. Well, we paid him through Venmo, so all the assumptions yeah. I made based on his bike and clothing didn't cover the fact that he had a smartphone with uh, Venmo. Yeah, yeah. But that's really cool, actually. Yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. We we enjoyed it. You know what's not cool though? COVID nineteen. The fact that yeah, well, a lot of things. I mean Hitler, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the fact that I'm not going to be able to go to your bachelor trip. Yeah, that that's a. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to put a bummer on it, but we haven't talked about it in person. It's a set of unfortunate events, is what it is. Yeah, and I really hate it. However, you're going to have a great time. I've gone through the gauntlet of emotions for this. Just it hurt it pains me so deeply but on the other hand you said it best when um there's going to be a lot of trips in the future mm-hmm. and there will be mm-hmm. there'll be a lot um the reason that i'm not going to be able to go is because my lovely wife set up a trip for us to go to jackson hole which if there was ever an excuse to miss a bachelor trip, it would be if your wife set up a trip to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, because that place is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really cool because we're going to get to talk about Jackson Hole together. Yeah, yeah. I'll, this is the way I view it. I'm scouting the place out right, for you. Right. You're you're going to screen <laughs> a lot of things for me. Right. Which is what any great friend would do. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to compare it to our Whistler trip and Snowbird, you know, other places we've been to, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then we'll know if Jackson Hole is worthy of going to again. Right. But And then three weeks later, I'll get to do the same thing. I'll go to Jackson Hole and we'll talk about the restaurants that we both ate at. Yeah, that, okay, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. What was your, um, you said you had something that you wanted to open up with at the beginning, but we oh. we're, we're like 40 minutes yeah. in or whatever. Here's the cold open. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around long enough, guys. Bryson yeah. DeChambeau hit a 400-yard carry. <laughs> God almighty. I love how Bryson DeChambeau has made our cold opens I already know. before. Okay, four a four hundred and what four oh three? Yeah, four oh three carry, and it wasn't with the 48, 48 inch driver. I think it was with a forty six. That is absolutely nuts. Okay, that is proper long driver competition. It is mind boggling. If even if he's carrying three fifty, that's leagues above everybody else. Let alone four hundred. I just wish it was any other personality in golf. Yeah. I hope Trey gets a Bryson driver and just starts Same. to bomb it. Same. That's something I'll root for is Trey hitting it 400. I think Trey is, is like down to do that too. I mean, Trey works out really hard and he's not opposed to like getting after it when it comes like when he's in a certain mood he'll throttle down for sure i think in most tournaments he i don't want to speak for him but i think he does throttle down a good bit more than probably what most people think like people will look at him hitting the ball and, and they're like dude how did you just hit it that straight and far but i'm thinking like you don't know how hard he can actually hit it. Like, he's not – he's swinging 80% there. Yeah, he murders the ball. Yeah. He almost killed me and Patrick. I can't what, believe this he, has not come up in conversation. What or happened? the fact that I haven't texted you about it. 
me and Pat were standing on the green at Jack's Beach. I can't remember what hole it was. It was seven, eight, something like that. It's a dog leg right, and it was a hole that, like, you or I walk up to. Driver's not even in mind. It, it was the hole that I FaceTimed you on. Okay, yeah. There's trees. Uh, wait, when when Patrick hit? Yeah. There's trees yeah. on the right side. Well, yeah, because everybody was hitting iron off the Yeah, team. well, there's trees on both sides, and the fairway just goes to the right, and there's a bunker right out in the middle. You can't even see the green. It's not something that comes into mind. It's like, okay, I'm going to fly it short of the green because there's a pond over on the right. It's not – it doesn't come into mind is the point. And Patrick's lining up his putt. He's behind the flagstick putting it back down the hill I'm standing maybe four feet from him straight to his left and you just hear this missile just hits the ground right between us <laughs> if I would have stuck out my arm it would have hit me like I know he did that intentionally right between our feet I know he did that intentionally 100% he was like I'm about to scare these guys so much I agree with that because of what he said on hole number 11 when I got to play with him on the back nine. What what did he say? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, can we go back to the fact that he almost killed me for a second? Okay, This ball hit two feet from me. It was I measured it with my putter. It was shorter than my putter, and my putter is 35 inches long. That's how close it hit to me. His ball speed is probably pushing. three feet. It's three feet. Right. So I'm saying it was roughly two feet because it was shorter than my putter. See what, well, see what it's I'm 30, saying? 30, 33% longer than okay. two feet. Well, well, we're splitting hairs here. We'll say 28 inches. <laughs> so two, I'm sorry. Two I'm, feet, four I'm inches. being terrible. Go for it. <laughs> His ball speed's got to be close to like 190-something. Yeah. It, I would have died. Okay. Back to hole number 11. I swapped to play with them on the back nine because Cody wanted to play with everybody on the trip at least for one set of nine holes. We get on hole number 11, and Patrick's up ahead of us in the fairway, and we're on the tee box. <laughs> Trey, and I quote, should I hit this one up Pat's rectum and scare him? <laughs> <laughs> he probably said something similar when he hit into you. I guarantee it. God. And sure I wish enough, I could do that. He hit a stinger just straight down the chute. Pat was already pulling off in the cart, but it was a low ball flight that would have scared Pat to death. Again, for, a, ma- for the second time. How many times had you played with Trey prior to that weekend? Uh, maybe twice. Okay. Okay. So you, you had played with him. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, because you played with him on my bachelor trip. Mm-hmm. And then one other time. Yeah. Yeah. He um he is a great time on the golf course. He does not it's take so, himself seriously so at fun. all. He he shot first of all, he shot a sixty three and the wind was probably <coughs> twenty five miles an hour. Right. It and was blowing <laughs> wind. We got on another T box. That was one of those That was one of those statements that like I, I just said right, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, wait a second, 63? <laughs> yeah, not under par. God. I don't know why people think that they – I don't know why certain people expect me to be a good golfer just because Trey is my brother-in-law. 
That's happened on multiple occasions. I could, I mean, I guess I could see the assumption is if you're related to one, he should be able to help you out whenever, wherever, yeah. but. Yeah. We had a pretty good turnout at our, um, like, med school golfing group. Yeah, I heard it was 5v5. Yeah, we had a 5v5 best ball on the front nine, scramble on the back. It was it was a good time. It was really fun. And you won? Yeah, we won handedly. But we know none of us knew like skill levels. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, there was no telling who was gonna win, you know. Right. Looking back on it, probably me and this one other guy who was pretty good should have probably been on separate teams. And then it probably would have been somewhat close, but yeah, it was a good time. Turns out med students like golf. Come on. That's what you I need. That's the community you need. That's right, man. Living that doctor lifestyle, I guess. How are you striking it, though? Ooh, man, I was hitting it good. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, there were any time I take some time off, like where I, I'm not playing consistently, there's going to be inconsistency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just flat out just duffed a few of them. Yeah. But, you know, the majority of the day I was striking everything really well. Heck yeah. Um, I, I called you, I think, or I don't know if I called or texted you, but my wedge game yeah. was, oh, it was over Warzone. Yeah, we actually. talked about it in Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wedge game is becoming my favorite part of the game. I period. love that. Like inside of uh, even, I guess, 130 yards between 130 and like 50 yards is like my favorite part of the game. I think that's. I think that's where you save rounds too. Yeah, or like that's. I think that's where you can you score so much lower. Didn't like. My golf spy, or somebody did research on how you could. Um, oh no, it was on a No Laying Up podcast with an interview with some guy who wrote a book on golf statistics, on like mm, w- yeah. where you can improve your game the most. Yeah. And I, th- I want to say that what he said was like the I don't remember the exact yardage range, but it was somewhere around that range between like fifty and one hundred twenty yards. Like basically, getting up and down from that range is where you can salvage the most um, uh, strokes. So yeah, I um, believe it. Yeah, my problem is it's hard to hit wedges from the woods. <laughs> That's fact. That's fact. I flat out have the shanks. You currently have the shanks. Uh, through my or at least you did no like at tbc through my last four rounds i have had bouts of like two to three holes like stretches of holes where shanks will come out and it's bad (laughs) that's tough the other day playing with chris's dad we were playing at a course in gulf shores or perdido bay and hole number 10 is water along the entire left side I lost four balls on that hole because of the shanks. Dang. Yep. I FaceTimed. Were they Pro I, V ones? What? Were they Pro V ones? No, because no, yeah. on hole nine I had shanked two, and so I mm-hmm. quit playing with. Well, I lost one, and I was like, "Nope, it's time to shift here." So I just started playing with like old beater balls that I had. I FaceTimed Trey on that hole to talk to him. 
and he he opened the FaceTime, didn't say hey, said I just tested positive for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Completely took my mind off the shanks. I actually got better after that because I was <laughs> like, it was comical to me. Like he just opened up. It yeah, like and he as said, soon as I saw I just his tested face, <laughs> I just tested positive for COVID nineteen. <laughs> like as if he was about to FaceTime you and say that. Yeah. By the way, insider info: uh, Abby said that he is the biggest baby when it comes to getting sick. Oh really? Yeah. Heck yes. <laughs> she said he is such a drama queen. I love that. Like, like he was like laying in bed, like just complaining <laughs> all day. That sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> but then like the next day he was like fine. That's so damn so. funny. Yeah. Um. Do you want to? You said you were excited about your idiom. I'm very excited about the idiom. For I'm excited to hear about for it. no real reason other than it's just prepared this time and not me looking on my phone as we talk looking for one. Okay. Um. So uh, actually, if you pull up our podcast in the Apple app. There's like other podcasts you might like that kind of come up with our page. And I don't know if it's catered to me specifically or similar on everybody's phone, but stuff you should know is in there. And I was really pumped about that. It was like a huge compliment to see that podcast under that recommended. I like that. Um, this, a lot of this information comes from an episode they did. Um, okay. It was about, I've listened, I think I've listened to that too. That podcast. Stuff you should know. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. They do a wide array of stuff. I love it. Um, but they did a a short stuff, which was like fifteen minutes on head scratchers, like why you scratch your head when you're thinking. It's not really an idiom unless you say that's a oh head, like that's a oh, head like scratcher. literally yeah okay like literally scratching your head while thinking. And there's actually some literature behind it, and the best they can come up with is like when you're deep in thought, there's a lot of emotions related to angst or anxiety and frustration and scratching your head is like a self soothing mechanism that you use. And it's particularly directed to the head because that's the source of the frustration or anxiety. And so you're scratching hmm. your head as like a soothing mechanism. Okay. So it was really cool. I was like, wow, that's, I'm, I'm not one to scratch my head when I'm thinking. I'm more one to, like, I guess self-groom. Like, I will brush my hair with my hand. But they kind of talk. I've noticed, I've noticed that you do that. Like, you can see me do it when we're playing golf, and I can't figure out what's going on with my swing. I'll take my hat off a million times and, like, just run my hand <laughs> through my hair. Yeah. I can almost gauge what you're shooting by how many times you take yeah. off your hat. And that that's, like, my self-soothing mechanism. And it was yeah. just – it was really cool to hear them talk about it and be like, holy crap, that's me. But they also talked about, like, learning styles and the way that shows up in times of – distress when you're thinking through something because <clears throat> they were talking about visual thinkers are the ones that tend to like look up to the sky or look away from whatever they're directing their focus to so that they can visualize what's going on and that's then, what I do and then your tactile learners are ones that are more likely to self-groom or scratch their head or use their hands to help with that process yeah Interesting. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, and I'm that, that does make sense, though. I'm definitely like a hands-on learner. 
And so it, okay. was, it was really cool. So I think that's where me and you would probably differ mm-hmm. in the way we think about things because mm-hmm. um, like even right now, I'm not looking at the screen because I, I've noticed that I do that like when I have to think about something because if I look at you, I'm distracted from trying to <laughs> picture what I'm trying to say. So now, now that you said that, I'm going to be paying attention every time I look away from the screen. That's hilarious. Uh, we do this over Skype, by the way. If anybody was ever curious, like yeah. <laughs> almost all of these episodes have been like over Skype. Yeah. But uh, uh, anyways, that's really interesting. Yeah, I was, I was so excited to learn that. I was like, that's awesome. I do scratch my beard every now and then, though. Do you? If I'm thinking, yeah, that's like my one like little tick. Nothing um, wrong with it. This is really random, but we're talking about we kind of got into ticks a little bit, mm-hmm. or like you were talking about like self grooming or whatever. I don't know how this came to mind, but can I tell you something really weird that I've always done since I was a kid? I don't think I've ever told you that I do this for sure. The only person I think I know that, um, or that knows this about me is Abby, I think, my sister. I make the shape of a cross. Like, as a tick, like I'll, so like you? with my finger, like with my finger, I'll I'll draw a cross. Where? Anywhere, as a tick. Like I'll like I'll draw like I'll like I'm motioning it right now. Like I'll draw the shape of a cross, just as a tick. If I'm like nervous or if I'm anxious about something, and I'll even do it with my teeth. This is so weird. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I've I've never told anybody. I'm trying this. to process this. Like I'm trying to wait. See what are you confused about? It. What? what I'm not. I... I'm not confused about the action at all. I'm trying to think back of all the times I've seen you in any type of distress to see if I can visualize you doing it. Let me tell you why you don't know that I'm doing it because I do it with my teeth and you never see that. You don't. Well, you said you do it with your finger. Did you not? Every every now and then okay. I do it. With my but finger. you do it with your that's teeth. That's less more common. That's less common all day I'll do it with my teeth it's so weird so like what I'll do is I'll like tap the front of my teeth and then I'll tap the back of my teeth and then I'll tap the left side and then the right side always in that order what yeah and I'll do it really fast like how old were you when you picked up on this or did Abby pick up on it no Abby never picked up on it I told her because she thinks she thinks I'm a freak so I told her like to reinforce that. Yeah, I know. But I told her that, and she was like, yeah, you're a weirdo. And I was like, yeah, I know. Um, but to answer your question, probably when I was like 15 or 16 was when I noticed that I was doing it all the time. What? Yeah. And it's usually when I'm uptight, you know? Yeah. So, but everybody, I feel like, not everybody, but a lot of people have a weird thing that they do. Oh yeah, for sure. But I don't know how that. I I'm am gonna curious watch as to how that like started. A hawk. <laughs> you can't see me doing it with my mouth Ooh, unless you're watching bet. my jaws bet. flex. If you see my jaws flex, then that's. I'm gonna what be I'm doing watching it. your masseter muscles all day long. <laughs> my masseter <laughs> muscles. <laughs> I love that you said that. I'm gonna be oh, watching man. masseters and temporalis like you will never believe. <laughs> that's great. Now that I brought this up, though, I, I know a few a few of you who listen, like almost everybody who listens probably follows either me or Mason on Instagram. If you have like a weird tick 
I would love to hear about please that. Please reach that, out, please. Please, that would be amazing. Like because everybody has a weird, really weird thing. Not everybody, but a lot of people, like I said, do. We will and not. I would be we interested. Won't call so. you out about it. No, no, I won't shout you out by name. I might ask you permission to bring you up n- anonymously, but, um, but yeah, especially if anybody, there's no chance that somebody does the exact same thing that I do. That would be really, really weird. I bet there's more than a handful that brush their hair like I do. How's that? No, I'm sure that's a common one. Gotta be. Oh, you. Oh, like what you were saying earlier. Yeah, just with like, your hand. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've seen that before, um, more than you. So. Oh yeah. Um. Okay, let me pull up my paradox. Can I f- before I talk about this paradox? Can I read a little bit just to make sure that I yeah know what I'm. You want me to keep to talking or just let you read? No, it's fine. You can just you can do whatever you want to. I'll just cut out if we don't. Okay. Why is it so frustrating to me that people don't? want to learn contentment yeah I think I think that's probably what it is it's like here's what I see it's not at all here's me being intellectual or smart or whatever and you're not it's not at all that it is I want to like better myself Mm -hmm. by by gaining some kind of knowledge and you like i'm giving you this Mm -hmm. and and, like it's literally not worth your time here's the way i look at it okay help me i think we're in the minority in that to a lot of people the acquisition of knowledge get does not provide anything to them I agree with you. I just don't understand why. I don't know. I want to know what justifies that. Because I think I mean, it, Abby's Abby's like that and she'll tell you straight up like she tells me straight up I'm I'm cutting you off right here like she'll she knows that it irritates me so she'll do it. She'll be like, "Nope, nope, blah, 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 blah. like when I'm ever I'm going too deep or like you know, trying to talk about something that might be above her head at, at at first. Yeah, she'll actively shut off the conversation just because she knows it irritates the crap out of me. Yeah, I think the practical application of it is not enough. The effort that's required to comprehend it, I think, which is unfortunate because when you put in that effort, I think there's a lot of personal growth that can happen about problem solving yeah like it's it's more you get better at problem solving than you do learn to apply some random paradox yeah it's just like you keep the pathways of your brain firing so that you can comprehend or solve more complex things in the future yeah and it keeps you curious yeah but i mean if you're if 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 you if you want to stay fit you can't expect to do so without every day doing something consistently to keep the joints moving, keep right. the blood flowing. It is truly it's the same a, thing with your mind. It's truly a use it or lose it thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Brain pathways a re- are a can be a learned mechanism. 
Yeah. And they're reinforced. And so you have to reinforce them. Basic neuroscience. I don't think you have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can cut up parts of it, but I think... The reason I'm concerned, the, the reason I don't always want to put that out there is because I don't want people... It's It can be easily perceived as like, oh, Alex thinks he's so smart. Right. Or like, right. Alex thinks he's better than everybody. I, I get that. I Trust me. If anybody sees that, it's me and my own self. I see that. Like, I <laughs> battle with that. It's it's not you. It's me. <laughs> but I promise you it's not that. In this conversation, we're, I'm strictly talking about, like, I don't I, – I want to understand the person who says to me, what you're telling me is is useless to me. And even if it made me – smarter or if it made me more apt at critical thinking it still wouldn't be worth it to me that <laughs> irritates me to no end but then again it's just i guess it's just my my personality it's something you know what it is at the very basic level i value knowledge to the extent where like other people don't and because they don't value knowledge at the same level, I feel like, you know, they're missing out on something yeah. that they could be gained. They're doing themselves a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. The way you look at that is the way I look at people who don't pursue some sort of passion. Elaborate. Like... I know, that's super vague, and I understand that. I know what you Maybe, mean, but I feel like you, there's there's more meat on that bone. Yeah, there is. I think, I mean, I feel like I have to name names to be specific with this, but, like, the people who are content with their 8 to 5 and going home and then waking up the next day and going to their 8 to 5, and, like, that's all they experience in life is really discouraging to me, and it's frustrating. Like, the ones that you're like, hey, let's play – this is a bad example, but hey, let's play kickball on Thursday nights. And they're like, no, nah, I don't really want to do that. I was like, well, why not? And they're like, ah, I just, I'm tired from work. It's like, you're missing out on so much more. On That's it, not a passion, it, but. No, but I know what you mean. On a small scale. Right. You're saying that's a bad example, but it's a good example of how even the littlest thing can mean a lot cumulatively. Mm-hmm. You know, over time, these little things, it's because you value memories. Yes, it's not the so pursuit of passion, more. it's the pursuit of experience. I like and that. And people are yeah, missing out on a lot of experiences. Yeah, exactly. In the same token, I'm, they're missing out on a lot of intellectual undertakings. The crux of it, at bo in both cases, of what I'm talking about and what you're talking about is keeping an open mind, you know, be open to new experiences, be open to new information, be open to new challenges. Like, because the last thing you want to do is put your own potential into a box. Mm -hmm. Because what service are you doing yourself by doing that? Are you scared that you might, 
encounter a weakness that you didn't previously know. Man. You know? It's kind of heavy. Well, because I've experienced that, you know? Yeah. There's plenty of times where I've been, um, you know, you know, I guess I'll use the most recent example of, you know, certain classes that are, I feel like are above my head and, you know, I'm scared that I'm going to realize an area of, of study that I'm just really, really bad at, or I'm just really suck at and I have to you know come to terms with the fact that you know I may not just I may just not be good in this area Mm -hmm. you know and and that that's applicable applicable to anybody who is learning anything or growing you know Mm -hmm. growth happens on the edge of discomfort you know so um and that's exactly what it is is discomfort you know you got to be comfortable with discomfort and that in itself is a paradox Mm mm-hmm why is why is it that we can't openly express our frustration towards people who aren't willing to reach a level of discomfort for various things like I don't know intellectual challenge or experience? Mm-hmm. Why is that not well I, perceived I, in society? I think because I can only speak from my perspective. It goes back to kind of. You like I never want to be perceived as somebody who's looking down on somebody, mm-hmm. and I n- I never want to be perceived as being you know better than somebody, and so for that reason I don't want to say hey look this is what you're missing out on, because that person might think oh do you think that you know something that I don't know, or like do you think that mm-hmm. you know what's important to my life more than me? It comes across as like okay. I know something you don't know right. and I'm I'm ahead of you. I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. That's my I don't know. I can't speak for you because I don't know what holds you back from from saying that those kinds of things to people, but that's that's what it is for me. Gotcha. Does that resonate with you or is it different for you? I would say that resonates a little bit. I don't know what it is for me though. I mean, I feel like I've spent a lot of time trying to convince people to do certain things. I think I hold back more now because, I don't know, I need time to reflect on that. I don't think you've ever been like, you've always been open about that, about your um, passion for passion, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I want to constantly encourage people to just go out and experience, even if that experience is bad. Yeah. I mean, I've been quoted many times saying bad experiences make the best memories because when you look back on it, you can learn from it. It's, sometimes it's hilarious, but... It's definitely the quickest way to learn. I mean, in from a knowledge standpoint, that's the quickest way to learn. Yeah. It's like you sure. have to you have to fail. And then from an experiential standpoint, that's, that is definitely the quickest way to learn something Mm -hmm. like definitely not going to do that again, you know, but you know, it makes for good memories. Like you said, yeah. Anything else you want to add? So the self-absorption paradox is something that I 
recently discovered. However, it's something I've thought about like beforehand. Just I didn't put a name to it because I didn't know what it was. But the self-absorption paradox describes the contradictory association whereby higher levels of self-awareness are simultaneously associated with higher levels of psychological distress and psychological well-being. Um, I haven't thought about it in that exact like context or whatever, mm-hmm. but I've always wondered if there was a correlation between higher intelligence and uh, depression, anxiety. Um, and it turns out that there is. Um, like in numerous studies, there's been... Um, a correlation between generalized anxiety disorder or major depressive disorder. And those have correlated positively with intelligence. Um, And simultaneously, there's a low degree of worry in healthy subjects that correlates positively with intelligence. So um, there's a little bit of like, uh, I don't know what you would call it, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they butt against each other, like contradictory. Mm -hmm. Gosh, speaking of intelligence, you're saying the, uh, the low degree of worry contradicts the high degree of anxiety and depression. Yeah. Like the, I, and I think the reason that that comes into play is because there's also a, uh, psychological factor that is very commonly studied called neuroticism. Mm hmm. Um, and I can look up the, um, definition for that just to be exact, but like this, the, the psychology stuff has always been really, uh, interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've brought up Jordan Peterson in the past before and he, he's big into, um, the big five personality traits and neuroticism is one of them. Um, but basically neuroticism people with people who score high on neuroticism are more likely than average to be moody and experience such feelings of anxiety, worry, fear, anger, frustration, such and such. Um, but even when you like factor for that psychological variable, Mm -hmm. people with intelligence, um, like in some studies have showed like, that there's an association between that and depression. Interesting. So I've always thought that was interesting. Do is there any literature on like the hypothesis? Like yeah. what? What is it? Oh, is it a hyper awareness uh, of certain things, or what is it? I don't want to like ramble too much off my head, but like I'll prefix this by saying like this is off of my head. Right. So like, you don't have don't, it in front like, of you. I don't have it in front of me. Um but like I know that Jordan Peterson was talking about this association and I think he just kind of boiled it down simply to like people who are highly neurotic or highly intelligent mm-hmm. basically have a higher ability to see what's actually going on in the world and Mm. then dwell on that and think about it. And due to the very nature that the world is a troubling place, right? It's harder for 
highly intelligent people in general to disregard the negative aspects of life in general, mm-hmm. it's harder for them to disregard that and to live on happily. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So A true ignorance is bliss situation. Exactly. It comes down to ignorance is bliss, that's am- that kind of thing. I want. I wanted to say that's amazing. It's unfortunate, but that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm speaking in general terms. Yeah. Like a very general. I'm not saying everybody. Right. Is like that. So, um, you know what I've found about psychology and sociology? A lot of it is BS, but a lot of it <laughs> is just <laughs> mostly sociology. Psychology. There's actually some pretty good like like hard concrete data behind that. But anyways, I digress. What I've found in that is that like a lot of it is like stuff that is obvious to your average 70 year old living on Mount Olive road. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just the, it's just plain old country knowledge. We know that like, you know what I'm saying? You go sit at Jack's any day of the week before Mm 8am, you'll hear it. Yeah, like what I just said, all of those words <laughs> could be bold. Like Jerry could, like Uncle Jerry could boil that down. And he would probably say something he'd like. He'd cure it. Yeah. No, he'd be like, yeah, y'all y'all think too much. <laughs> yeah, he would cure it. He'd, hey, you just got to <laughs> ignore stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, here's uh, what he would say. And I've heard him say it multiple times about the upcoming election. My generation won't have to deal with it much longer because we're going to be dead and gone. You're the one that's going to have to face it. That's scary. Yeah. But that's neither here. So we got that coming up, but um, I'm going to cut it off there. We got a lot of a lot of rambling. Yeah. A lot of... Thanks for... If you've made it this far, you're a true hero. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening to episode 10. We'll see you on the next one. See you